0: And good morning. This is Jillian Music at CEO Coach on Webmaster FM. I'm coming to you from California. Last week, I went to something called the Miva Merchant Conference. It's a user's conference for a company that makes uh, shopping carts. So there were a lot of folks who did work like... Uh, affiliate marketing but there were also a tremendous number of folks there who had their own products who had decided to go into business for themselves strictly as an e-commerce business many of them after being made as the british say so elegantly made redundant in our place that we call that being fired laid off companies closed downsizing all of that and so a lot of folks were in their middle years not young folks It was interesting to see the entrepreneurs who were sitting there, what had driven them to entrepreneurship, and how they were thriving over the last few years. A few had just begun. There was a young lady who had just designed a few scarves, had gone to Italy and had them made, and was beginning a business with all of four designs of a silk scarf. And I thought, at $150 a pop, that's going to be pretty tough to sell in tough times. But of course, every time you think you know something, you don't. So as I was wandering around in the beautiful La Jolla section of the north end of San Diego, just a day or two after she had spoken about this product, I realized that there were many people wandering that little community who would pick these things up in a heartbeat. There's always a market for whatever you think there isn't a market for, I guess, is that little lesson. But I wanted to talk to you more about the broader conversation around entrepreneurship itself. A number of things struck me during this conference. I gave a keynote in which I discussed the connections between the... uh, the qualities of entrepreneurs and their ability to uh, stand up and look forward and their ability to create communities around them. Entrepreneurs are generally fairly outgoing people. Certainly we can have technology entrepreneurs in which they are the technologist and less likely to be extroverts. And then there are those who would be the business people more likely to be extroverts. Uh, And again, not 100% on either one. But along the way, the theme of this conference was interesting to me. It had to do with space and space travel. The reason is that the Miva company itself is run by a gentleman by the name of Rick Wilson. He is the operations, the COO, my fellow. But it was also started with a partner of his, uh, Russ. Russ was a rocket scientist, in his time, and then became an entrepreneur with a Neva product. He had built the company a bit with Rick, and then they sold it off, and then it kind of went down, and they picked it up again, and so on. So they have their own history of developing this thing. But all along the way, Russ's passion has been about space. He knows folks who have been to space, and he has them speak at his conference. He uh, made the theme of this conference, See Farther. And that was an interesting piece. And, of course, the slides had things to do with space. The Hubble Space uh, Telescope was on the corner of the slides that were being presented. And the theme of the entire event was about that. So... I incorporated that into what I was talking about as well. And I remember hearing Russ stand on the stage and saying he would be grateful if the people in the audience would support, for example, a local West Coast space-going or Space Exploration Group. It was really designed to provide uh, greater insight into science and science education to the general public at large, and it wasn't just focused there on the West Coast, but now nationally, Um, and also, of course, because it supported things like the Space Shuttle Program, the space program itself. And I was thinking $20 or $100 donation to get a signed photo of an astronaut today is not going to bring the space shuttle program back. But what would, or anything else, that we would desire nationally or internationally as a single goal, because surely the space program was something that created a community around the entire globe, would be to have those entrepreneurs who are starting out today do well. I would say if you do insanely well and pay those taxes because you've done so insanely well, we could get those kinds of programs back off the ground. And it doesn't matter what the program is that you're hoping gets back off the ground. We would stop having conversations about having to cut really viscerally important things that reach us today and affects us today and those which will be probably the only important thing that our entire societies of the world will put together today that has any impact on the future and that would be our exploration into the next sectors of our existence space. So I would exhort you today to do well to do insanely well and pay those taxes and get those programs off the ground. I've been doing a bit of research about what is it that makes entrepreneurs successful in general. We've talked about it a couple of times here, and I'm going to do that again today, talking about the kinds of things that keep you going when there's been a long winter, as it has. It's already March now, as we discussed this subject. And as you have trouble lifting your head off the ground, putting one foot in front of the other, as everybody tells you, you're crazy to be doing this, and sometimes you wonder yourself whether it's worth all this effort, some of the things that can keep you going would be a self-knowledge, knowing who you are, what drives you, and then translating that, of course, into what drives your own customers. So. I've read an interesting thing. It's called EarlyToRise.com. Interesting name. EarlyToRise.com slash entrepreneurship. And over here, this author writes something interesting. He says, do you need a special code for entrepreneurship? Do you need to be a certain kind of person? And I would say perhaps, although I've seen many personalities in entrepreneurs, but here's an interesting thing. It says that entrepreneurs are opportunists opportunist isn't always a pleasant word but in this case it's really not meant negatively it's neutral he says businesses usually face problems every day Now, the rest of us might have written that a little differently what we would say is if you don't eat problems for breakfast don't be an entrepreneur but at the same time it's difficult to do that every day in and out all the time I think perhaps if you are an entrepreneur or thinking about becoming one, you probably do eat problems for breakfast. In other words, you look at these things as opportunities. External, environmentally created issues become opportunities for you, right? In every moment of revolution, there is an opportunity to make profit. And you see it in general, where others only see a wall who say, yes, but if somebody could get over it, around it, through it, or under it, look what we could accomplish. And sometimes it's about money, and sometimes it's simply about accomplishing that goal. I would say that the finest of entrepreneurs are not run or focused, if you will, on money. I would say they are focused on accomplishing that thing that we can do if we can get around the wall. So that would be number one. Understanding that you are an opportunist and sometimes when those walls seem awfully big, remember who you are and take another look at what opportunities lie behind that wall that you're seeing in front of you. We're going to take a quick break here. When we get back, we're going to talk about some tactical things to help you get through the last doldrums of winter and get yourself re-kicked into entrepreneurship in the spring of 2012. This is Jillian Missick. At CEO
2: coach. Stay tuned. More on how to build your business on the web with the CEO coach right after this.
0: Oh, yeah, my day is done. Time for happy
2: hour. You're already done for the day
1: Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs.
2: Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. In 500 yards, CPA Way will be on your right.
1: You have reached your destination.
2: We're back with Jelly and Musig, the CEO Coach, only on WebmasterRadio.fm.
0: And welcome back to CEO Coach at WebmasterRadio.fm. We're talking about the things that drive entrepreneurs, the things that can keep you going when things are dark, and about helping you to get through this end of winter, beginning of spring, as March comes in like a lion and goes out like a lamb. I've uh, been reading some things from EarlyToRise.com slash entrepreneurship. It's an interesting bit of a treatise on the kinds of uh, uh, traits of entrepreneurs, what they call a genetic code for entrepreneurship. Uh, Some of the others that are mentioned here are that entrepreneurs are ready to take the plunge. I would absolutely agree when things get really, really hard for entrepreneurs, when debt begins to rise, when opportunities vanish because competitors have built it faster, built it better, when your product cycle, life cycle is waning and you kind of know it, but you don't want to look at it. All of those kinds of things, as you begin to struggle, right? it's hard to remember that you're the one that's ready to take the plunge. Step back a moment. Lift your head. Try to find some sunshine wherever you are for at least a few moments. The vitamin D will help you. And if you can't, pop a couple of vitamin D. (laughs) And then think about it. Being ready to take the plunge is the killer piece. And if you're in that stage where you have been beaten out, where someone has built it better, faster, come to market with stronger amounts of money, if you can't get the funding you're looking for, whatever it is, take the plunge, do it again. It doesn't mean in the same exact product line or a service line. It could mean that you really are going to begin from the beginning. If you do that, there is this sense of failure, a sense that, oh, God, I couldn't make this go. Really, I'm going to do this again? And certainly spouses and siblings and friends and parents may look at you again with the same thing. Really, they are not doing this again. Remember a couple of things. One. The next time is an iteration of the first, or the second, or the third. And if you're iterating, you will hopefully have learned some seriously important lessons from the first round. You'll have a better idea about longer-term life cycles of products and services. Think about those things. Think carefully. If your product or service is at the end of its life cycle, and you know that the denouement is here, in other words, the downhill slide... Then look for the next product that will come and stay for a longer period of time. This is not failure. This is moving on intelligently before you are completely run into the ground. Don't let that happen. The reason I keep focusing on things about product and service life cycle today is that one of the things my talk spoke, uh, focused on during this meeting was exactly that, life cycle products and services, and what a community around a brand or company can tell you about the life cycle of your products. So many people are engaged in social media today in terms of professional service or brand uh, you know, developments and so on, you don't really know what they're doing. They're tracking the number of fans they have. They're tracking things that don't necessarily make sense. The number of fans you have is interesting. In the end, of course, everything is a numbers game in business. We get that so on. But think deeper into this. If you have a large number of fans and you are talking to them it makes very little difference. Only a couple of percent at the most of whatever you say is going to show up in the stream that your fans see on places like Facebook. And the reason is that if they are not also engaged with you, you are not important to them. So you can have a million fans or more or 10 million or whatever, you know, Coke's got millions of fans, but people just kind of hit the Coke button and move on. It's like, yeah, I'm a Coke guy, not a Pepsi guy, I'm done those that have passionate communities around them uh... peterman's eye or the j peterman catalogue uh... harley davidson places like that that have passionate communities around them will become engaged on all of the social media platforms not just facebook but linkedin and reddit and and, uh... stumble upon and all of those kinds of places They will, uh, and certainly on Twitter as well, they will engage back with the brand. And here's the kicker. It is not interesting if you have a million fans that you talk to or even the million fans that now and then might talk back to you. It becomes interesting. In other words, a solid, long-term, thriving community when you have fans that talk to each other. You want to strive... To be the place where the conversation happens. You want to be the place where the people in your industry or sharing the same experiences, whoever they are, because they are engaged with your brand buying or doing the same things, are together discussing not only your brand and your products and your services, but the experience of being whoever they are. It's a broader conversation among the people who are your fan base about the experience of being in that industry or being that service provider or being that product developer, whatever it is. Once you have that, when you put out questions to your uh, community, they will answer in large numbers. It will beat the heck out of any focus group you could possibly put together, paid or unpaid. When you put out questions to a community that is deeply engaged with you, they will tell you whether your product is good, how it needs iterating in the future, what they wish it contained as well, and when your product is in its denouement, when the life cycle is ending. You can do this with your community simply by listening to the sound, to the signal inside social media already. You can search for your own brand, your product, whatever it is, and listen without even having to ask to what they're saying about it. Now, if you make a product in a competitive industry, and there are a number of you doing it, you might want to search for terms in the social media metrics, uh, analytics platforms, that would not be necessarily brand-specific. You want to start, perhaps, with a generic one. I make a purple widget, but I make an ABC purple widget, and the guy over there makes a DEF purple widget, and the guy over there, his brand is XYZ. All right? You'll want to search for all of that. You'll want to search for ABC and DEF and XYZ, and you're going to want to search for purple widget, and you're going to want to search for them together. Find out what everybody's saying about the whole space. What do they wish these things could do? Are they still using these things? Are they turning to things that have nothing to do with purple widgets? Are they using red lances instead of purple widgets? You will know if the life cycle of the entire product is over by the conversation that says, oh, they're not talking about purple widgets very much at all anymore. Any one of our brands, it doesn't matter. And two, they're talking about replacements, the next generation of whatever it is. Nobody's talking about typewriters and the next typewriter they're going to be buying. There was a time when the conversation about replacing typewriters was being replaced by a conversation about installing or replacing desktop computers. That time, had there been a social media platform of significance as there is today, would have told the typewriter manufacturers more clearly and specifically what was coming down the pike. They had to wait until the orders came in or didn't come in to see what was happening. Now, I'm sure the typewriter manufacturers were not completely fools, and they could see what was coming down the pike anyway, but often we don't want to see it. So listening carefully to the signal on social media platforms helps us to see those things. And because you're the kind of person who's ready to take the plunge, you'll get ready for that next iteration. That's the important piece of what you can get out of social media platforms. And about knowing yourself. uh, Entrepreneurs have this just-do-it attitude. Well, I'd say, yeah, that's right. The just do it stuff. That's what Nike says. And uh, certainly, Nike was an interesting entrepreneur and has a, um, a rabid following, right? They have raving fans. They have intense uh, social media groups that tell them all kinds of things. So, it says here on this wonderful site, earlyto rise.com, it says passionate entrepreneurs are always in control of any situation. They take risks and by seizing opportunities. Entrepreneurs are quite practically go-getters with a just-do attitude. It is this attitude that enables them to make a profit from ideas, and they rarely listen to the idea of people who say it's a bad idea. They control what they want to and do what they feel is right, and in the end, they just do it. I would disagree that entrepreneurs are always in control of a situation. There are certainly times when we all lose it. There are times when we just have no strength to go on. So today, I'm here to remind you to pick yourself up and just do it. I would agree that the, I, that people who say that things are a bad idea are often not listened to by those successful entrepreneurs. One of my favorite sayings in life is people who say that a thing cannot be done are often interrupted by those who are doing it. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about that and get you on your way in entrepreneurship in 2012. This is Jillian Music at CEO Coach.
2: Stay tuned. More on how to build your business on the web with the CEO Coach right after this.
0: MySEOtool.com is your all-in-one SEO management resource. MySEOtool.com makes it easy to optimize and oversee all of your SEO efforts. Line-by-line detailed reports help you identify any problems and show you how to fix them. MySEOtool.com is completely automated. Once you use it, you will see a rise in your search rankings and traffic. Try MySEOtool risk-free today. Go to MySEOtool.com. MySEOtool.com. As you know, being an expert at fk.
1: What did she say?
0: Requires lots of practice
1: and a great tool. Think you could use some help with fk? Whoa! You're not alone. Hundreds have used our tool to take their fk performance
0: to the next level. It's
2: a language!
0: Of course, we're talking about managing Facebook ads on a Oh. Buy, track, manage, optimize and report on media across all major ad networks. Visit aquizio.com to get a demo today. Aquizio, search, social, display, one platform.
2: Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. You have arrived at the destination for education and entertainment. WebmasterRadio.fm. Because not everyone's last name is Gates. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. We're back with Jelly and Musig, the CEO coach, only on webmasterradio.fm.
0: And welcome back to CEO Coach with Jillian Music on WebmasterRadio.fm. We're talking today about the attributes of entrepreneurs. Uh, they're ready to take the plunge. They have a just do with, uh, just do it like Nike attitude. Uh, entrepreneurs being opportunists, uh, opportunists. They see opportunity where others see only a wall in their face. We're also talking about the fact that sometimes it's really hard to keep going. And often that happens at the end of a long, slogging winter. So we're talking about how to pick yourself up today. With this just do-it attitude and the idea that many people say it's a bad idea and you want to build it anyway, it's important to remember as an entrepreneur that you must keep doing that. Sometimes I know it's hard to stand your ground when people are saying no, especially those who are closest to you it will happen and it will happen often that's the personal fortitude to keep going regardless of whether those around you are supporting you I'm going to exhort you to find people who support you find other entrepreneurs make sure you have time aside from those who are not entrepreneurs it's not that they're bad people it's not that they wish you ill they wish you well they want you to go get a job they don't get it it's not what they do it's not in their nature and that's okay It is in your nature to build things that appear to be bad ideas or unprofitable ideas or you can never make a living with it ideas. It's okay. Just find those who will support you and carry you through the toughest of times. Now, with this just-do-it attitude and the idea that people who say that a thing cannot be done are often interrupted by those who are doing it, if you find that those who are entrepreneurs... And those who are building things in similar sectors are also trying to tell you that maybe this isn't a bright idea. Find out more carefully and more tactically what it is that concerns them. Just as I'm saying, keep building it regardless of the fact that everybody's telling you it's not worth it. Right? At the same time, I'm counseling you, listen to those who know the path that you're walking in case they do know something you don't know. Don't do this blindly. All right, last piece. Entrepreneurs can sketch their own vision. This author writes, everybody has ideas and it's not a bad thing, but ideas are no longer what set people apart, but rather the ability to decide what's a good idea and a bad idea. Smart entrepreneurs know that once you have a good idea, you need to make it real despite everything else. They become leaders because they bring out the best in people around them, and they make them work smarter and harder. Absolutely agree on that one. So as you're building a company and you're drawing people towards you, if you find that you can get people to work with you and for you and for your idea, sometimes without even any remuneration, that is a really good indication that you have the leadership skills to build this company. I'm always amazed at the number of entrepreneurs who manage to get people to build things for them and to do work for them with little hope, really, of ever seeing a paycheck. These people do stuff on the side, or they just give it their best shots, you know, on the weekends or whatever. They work for this new startup simply because they want to be part of something that's bigger than their everyday job. That's pretty exciting stuff. So know that you do carry a beacon for those who are not entrepreneurs but want to be part of something exciting. Make sure that you have an idea, that you've built around it this story that says this is what I'm building, this vision of the future. Come and build it with me and make it exciting. Those people will support you and buoy you through the dark days until you find that profitability and the conclusion of the construction of your products. Know what to build. Know when its life cycle is over. Know when to iterate and move on to the next place. And always remember who you are and what your strengths are. This is Jillian Musick at CEO Coach. You can download these shows at webmasterradio.fm or through iTunes. We'll be back next week.